Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hey everyone, Paul Marquis here from OrthoEvalPal. We're on episode 113. Today we're going to be talking about some facts and myths about knee osteoarthritis. We'll actually bring back a little bit of the scary terminology we talked about in the last episode. That's going to come up in today's episode. And um, we're going to talk about some of the common findings with uh, the osteoarthritic knee. Talk a little bit about, you know, direction, how to manage it, the common signs and symptoms, and all of that good stuff. So um, before we get started into the show, though, I'd like to uh, just take a moment to hear a word from our sponsors. A good night's sleep is what everybody needs. Fresh rest bedding will keep you comfortable all night. Our advanced textiles and weave wicks moisture and also regulates body temperature. This design, coupled with our all-natural organic antimicrobial, eliminates 99.9% of odor-causing bacteria, as well as dust mites, which are an allergen to many. Because our bedding stays fresh longer, it is eco-friendly, as it only requires washing once a month on average. This bedding is also known for its incredible softness. Our antimicrobial is all-natural and organic. No metals, waxes, chemicals, or nanos. Our sheets will never leach onto or into your skin ever. These sheets are safe for your entire family. Fresh Rest is designed and engineered by Main Lee Technology Group, based in Wells, Maine, and our sheets are made for the USA. Fresh Rest Bedding is only available for purchase through our e-commerce website by visiting freshrestbedding.com. Once again, that's freshrestbedding.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Um, so one of the reasons I'm doing this episode today about knee osteoarthritis is because I have had a glut of patients recently who have come in with just that osteoarthritis of the knee or even just general knee pain to find that many of them have underlying osteoarthritis uh, of the knee. And, um, you know, we've had a lot of these very common findings like lack of extension, effusion, generalized pain around the kneecap, pain with walking, kneeling, squatting. Um, and, you know, so, and, and there's been a lot of talk out there about how to regain extension of the knee better. And uh, so I want to talk about all of those things, um, you know, and, and what... You know, I really want to hit on here is that just because somebody has osteoarthritis of the knee does not mean that every single person needs to have a knee replacement and that you can treat these conservatively. And um, so what I want to do first is I want to chat a little bit about, you know, what are some of the signs and symptoms that you might see in a patient who has osteoarthritis in the knee? Um, And, you know, and I'm talking about, you know, even moderate to severe arthritis. So... One of the things I look for, first of all, is I watch them walk. Is there a flexed knee posture uh, when they come in? I also look at um, if they have varus of the knees. You know, are their knees bowed when they walk? And, um, you know, do they have obvious antalgic gait? So I will then put them up onto a table, and it's very, very common for them to lose range of motion into both directions, flexion and extension. Okay, so oftentimes they have a hard time, you know, squatting really deep and and or they can't get that leg fully straightened out. And, you know, one of the reasons you that happens is because their capsule, the posterior capsule becomes a little stiff and tight. So when you have 
pain from, a, let's say, you know, a quote-unquote bone-on-bone situation. The hyaline cartilage is wearing out and your bone is exposed and those nerve endings are more exposed and that's causing you pain. You try to avoid those ranges that cause that. Well, as a result, you kind of take this flexed knee posture um, and then you just don't want to go through the end ranges because it causes discomfort. By avoiding it, you just become stiffer and stiffer and stiffer. The muscles become shorter and um, your capsular tissue also becomes a little bit shorter. The other thing I look at is, you know, effusion. Do they have an intra-articular effusion? Because it's pretty well documented that when the capsule is distended or stretched out some, um, there's a decrease in proprioception, decreased joint awareness. Um, and these are all things I'm going to talk about very specifically in our next episode, uh, 114, when we talk about proprioception. Um, so you lose your, your ability to balance well. Um, and this can all cause pain. So the synovium around the knee is a very big pain generator. And when that is stretched, inflamed, irritated, um, that will cause you a lot of discomfort. Well, what happens um, when you have that occur? Well, when you have pain, swelling, and instability of the knee, you have reflex inhibition. Your quad muscle shuts down. Your quad muscle shuts down. Your kneecap doesn't function very well. So your patellofemoral joint starts to, to, to rear its ugly head and cause some problems. And so you can have pain from the capsule. You can have pain from patellofemoral dysfunction, from your patella tendon, for just from weakness of the quad. Um, and usually these issues... Um, Come on slowly, okay? There's a slow onset of osteoarthritis in the knee. Many people will have osteoarthritis for many years and do an activity and suddenly it flares it up. Maybe it's, it was a twist with a planted leg or something like that. Um, and you flare the joint up and it stays flared up. And people are, will often say, well, how did my knee become arthritic all of a sudden? Well, there are a lot of people out there who have osteoarthritis of the knee but don't have any pain, but they do have a mechanism that flares it up, okay, and and it can stay flared up, and it can be very difficult to treat. Um, the other thing I notice that I see a lot with patients, when you look at that leg, if you're looking straight on, um, there's less patella definition, okay, so you, you don't see the gullies, okay, uh, on each side, the medial or lateral side of the knee as much because there's a lot of spurring around the patella, the patella actually seems a little bit wider, there's intra-articular swelling that makes that joint look wider, and as a result, you develop quad atrophy, well, if the quad is smaller, now the knee looks bigger, the whole leg looks more like a log, okay, and there's a lot less definition to that patellofemoral joint region. So that's another kind of classic example of, um, you know, of osteoarthritis of the knee, and just in looking at the patient. You know, most of these people will have a bowed leg posture or varus posture. Um, that's quite common. And, um, you know, these people will also present with a Baker's cyst. So if somebody comes in with a Baker's cyst now, I usually have to be somewhat suspicious that there's some underlying arthritis um, that is causing this. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is that, um, you know, people who have osteoarthritis of the knee generally, and this is not always the case, but generally will have more medial joint line pain and medial joint line fullness. Because remember that medial femoral condyle is a little bit larger than the, uh, lateral femoral condyle and therefore it 
puts more pressure on the on the medial tibial plateau and will break down a little bit faster and cause more irritation there. So usually the medial compartment is the first to start to break down. And um, don't forget there are three compartments in the knee, the patellofemoral uh, compartment, the medial, and then the lateral compartment of the knee. So, um, you know, some of those folks will have um, osteoarthritis or uh, cartilage breakdown in all three compartments, sometimes just one or maybe two. Um, and that varies your, your treatment plan with these folks. Um, you know, and while all of these things are occurring in the knee, one of the biggest things as a result will happen, which is a loss of quality of life. Okay, so you don't walk as much, maybe you don't exercise as much because your knee is bothering you, and um, you know, that just it starts this real downhill slide and a snowball effect um, that just goes into, um, you know becoming weaker and less conditioned okay so what do we what do we know about osteoarthritis you know what's happening when when you develop osteoarthritis well that hyaline cartilage that lines your femur lines your tibia and even the undersurface of your patella really starts to um, break down and uh, you know you get to a point where ultimately the underlying bone becomes exposed the nerve endings are exposed and this can cause pain and we can't really change that Okay, that's like the tires on your car. You drive your car and, and the tires start to wear down. The rubber gets thinner and thinner and thinner. There's less tread there. And then, uh, you know, the, the tire has less integrity. You can't just grow that rubber back onto the tire. And typically, you know, we can't grow that cartilage back onto our knees. Um, and, and so I explain that to patients oftentimes. So you need to take that into consideration. The other thing you need to take into consideration is, you know, have they had previous surgeries like a meniscectomy or an ACL reconstruction, which can lead to early osteoarthritis of the knee? Um, did they have, you know, anything that would have caused quadricep weakness? you know, like um, an L4 nerve root compression or maybe, um, you know, shingles at the L4, L3 or L4 nerve roots that cause significant amount of weakness in the quadriceps. You know, when there are biomechanical stresses, um, those all can contribute to osteoarthritis of the knee. Like I was blessed with uh, a nice set of bowed legs that I got from my dad who got from his dad. Um, and so the medial aspect of my joint, I assume, will uh, start to break down a little faster than most and, and probably develop some uh, osteoarthritic um, issues. So what can we do to help slow this process down? Well, like I tell patients, I can't change the fact that your hyaline cartilage is, is broken down and it's gone and that you have, you know, some bone exposure there and that is causing some irritation. What we do know, though, is that with a lot of these patients that I've had recently who are, you know, moderate to severe osteoarthritis of the knee, as soon as we start to increase quad function, we notice that, that they seem to feel better. When we increase capsular mobility of the knee, okay, so that posterior capsule of the knee, especially when that becomes tight, it doesn't allow you to extend the leg very well. When you, when you can't extend that leg very well, your quad doesn't function very well. So we really do a lot of passive stretching of that posterior capsule. Sometimes it has to be gentle, but as you'll see in one of the new videos that I'm going to be putting up next week, um, it can be quite aggressive and actually quite 
helpful. Um, your capsule is a very, very, very strong tissue and structure, and um, and that needs to be stretched over a long period of time. Sometimes with a low load, and sometimes we can get a little more aggressive depending on the patient. Um, you know, helping to decrease inflammation in the knee can make a huge difference. Um, so you know, sometimes taking medication or supplements that help to decrease inflammation. Um, you know, and and maybe getting onto an anti-inflammatory diet can also help decrease that inflammation in the knee. Um, you know, next thing I look at is how do we offload the knee a little bit, you know, and and if it's just one compartment and usually if it's going to be one compartment, it's usually that medial compartment, um, you know, sometimes using an offloader brace, something that pushes on the lateral side of the knee to take the knee out of varus and align it in a little straighter position and even a millimeter to two millimeters of, of pressure there and movement can make a huge difference. So, um, I do like offloader braces. They've got to be placed on the right people though, um, with a good, uh, knee, um, you know, size. Uh, if the thigh is really large and the calf is really small, that's gonna that's gonna fall right off like an inverted cone. Um, and so, you, you know, a good um, it has to fit on the right person is what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to really be nice about this. Uh, um, and then the other thing that can be somewhat helpful if the person does not have any foot or ankle uh, issues is putting a lateral wedge in the shoe. It can help offload um, that knee a little bit and um, can be somewhat helpful. I'm huge on optimizing, you know, quad function and hip abductor strength and hip external rotation strength um, to help support the knee uh, a lot better and uh, to prevent excessive, you know, uh, motion period. Um, one of the things that, uh, you know, I really want you to remember is this. I do not want you, um, I do not want you to flare up the joint. That is very easy to do. And, um, you know, if you push it too hard, you stress it too much, you start to develop more inflammation, that synovium becomes irritated, your patellofemoral joint becomes angry, um, and that shuts the quad down. And therefore, you start to lose motion and lose function. All right. So, you know, the other thing I tell patients, try to avoid stagnant postures. Being in flexion too long or being in extension too long can really, um, you know, stiffen the joint up. So I ask them to try to move as often as possible. Try to do non-painful cardiovascular exercise. You know, sometimes they can tolerate a stationary bike. If if they don't have enough motion to get around, use a bike um, with a modified pedal on it. Uh, we use one here uh, from Matrix, and we we're able to modify that pedal and shorten it up so that um, the pedal is closer to the center of the crank and you don't go through such a large revolution so you can still pump that knee um, and if they start to get better then you can start to expand that a little bit so you get better range of motion Um, I'm big on I'm big on that Um, you know swimming using an elliptical if they're not having any pain with that you know things that don't cause a lot of high impact um, can be beneficial but remember this um, you know let's say you've done all of the above And the patient, you know, still has pain, they have swelling, they have loss of function, and maybe they have to resort to a total knee arthroplasty. The one thing I tell the patient is this, they will be more flexible and they'll be stronger. And and here comes the number one reason, you know, I think that all prehab is beneficial, you know, to patients and will give them a better outcome after surgery, is that the patient will have more confidence and more comfort in your clinic, okay? 
Um, they've learned what to do. They know that they can count on you as a therapist or a provider to help guide them. Um, they know they'll get some answers to their questions afterwards. And I find that psychologically, patients who have some exposure to your clinic, um, even if you can't, even if you're not successful at decreasing all of their pain, they're going to be more flexible and they're going to be stronger and they're going to be more confident. And those folks are less fearful and uh, they do much better. Um, so, whew. With that being said, um, I, I could talk about this all day, but in the fear of being diagnosed with lingorrhea, uh, for those of you who don't know what lingorrhea is, is diarrhea of the mouth. Um, I am going to stop with that. Um, there are so many things we can chat about. Um, so this was you know, episode 113. I have a lot more coming your way, but what I would really like is your feedback. So what I want you to do, if you have a minute, is um, just click on the link in the show notes that says feedback. I would like, and I don't want this to be long, it could be one or two words, it could be a very short sentence, um, but I want to know what you like, what you hate about the show. Um, I want to know, um, you know, maybe if I talk too fast, talk too slow, uh, maybe you like my French accent. Maybe you don't. Whatever comments you have about the show, I'd really like to get this feedback so that I can make, you know, OrthoEvalPal, the, the OrthoEvalPal podcast experience so much more fruitful for you. I want you to um, feel comfortable. I want to make sure that they're not too long, but not too short, and you're getting an adequate amount of information in the time that we spend together. Um, so I would really appreciate that feedback. That would be very, very helpful as I continue to go forward because I have lots more to come, and uh, I hope uh, you continue to enjoy that. So We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, Go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.